Hello, everyone. Before we start, we're here to ask you for a quick favor. Seeing as this episode is our semester one recap, that means we're halfway through the first semester of the show and it's time for a check-in. We've put together a short listener survey at cps.edu slash survey for you to fill out. Feel free to pause me right now and go for it. No, seriously, just click the survey link in the show notes. We promise it won't take longer than five minutes and it will greatly help our efforts as we try to make the best show possible for you. Again, that's cps.edu slash T-C-P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. You can tell us what you want to hear us talk about for next semester. We really, really, really do appreciate it. I think COVID has just taught us all that schools are really the community hub. When a kid isn't turning on their camera and isn't showing up, it's not because they don't want to do it. It's proving to us that schools are so essential. I wonder if finally educators all across the board are going to get the respect that any other profession, lawyers, doctors, nurses, firefighters, everyone across the board. And I hope that that will be the case. Semester one of the 2020-2021 school year is in the books. And as mentioned before, this show was a project born of the 2019 school year that Katie and I brought with us into 2020. Of course, in doing that, we knew that there would be moments when we need to deviate from our original plans and conversations that we put down on paper. This is one of those moments. In this episode, we're taking some time to reflect on the past six months. Well, really the past 10 months, if you go all the way back to March of 2020, which seems like a while ago, but it also seems like yesterday, when some of the bedrock structures of our school seismically changed as a result of COVID-19. Our guests today are Principal Camila Hampton of Daly Elementary and AP Dania Sala of Lakeview High School. We had connected with them pre-COVID for an episode. We wanted to do a school work cultures, but in the light of everything that's happening since, we're bringing them back to talk a whole lot more. Principal Hampton and AP Sala, welcome. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having us. So to ground the audience a little bit, can either of you please give us a little background on your schools and the communities that you serve? So Principal Hampton, why don't you start us off? Of course. Um, I am now Dr. Camila Hampton. Um, I was not on our first recording, and I am the principal of Richard J. Daly Academy. We are located in the back of the Yards neighborhood in Chicago Public Schools. I have about 539 students, and we are a pre-K through eighth grade building. Um, first, congratulations, Dr. Hampton. This That is an amazing accomplishment. My name is Dania Sala, and I'm the AP at Lakeview High School. We are located in the Lakeview neighborhood, and we have 1,400 students and over 100 staff members. At Lakeview High School, we have a motto called, When You're Here, You Are Home, and home stands for honor, ownership, mastery, and education. Well, we are so excited to talk with the two of you today. We are going to start today's episode with all educators' favorite P word. Do you anyone, Does anyone know what it is? Do you want to take a guess? A word that starts with the letter P. 
That's every educator's favorite thing. Professional development. It's something you would do at a professional development. Anyone? Anyone? Provide support. (laughs) I made two words. (laughs) Um, Protocol. (laughs) That's right. We are going to do a protocol of conversation, but it's not going to be as structured as like an actual protocol we would do at a PD. Um, But as educators, we're always thinking about a growth mindset. How do we reflect on what we're doing? Um, And this has been some pretty, we've been going through some pretty challenging times. And we thought that today we could start by just talking about some things that we have liked about the last semester of um, 100% remote with us, something that we wish, and something that we wonder. So something you like, something you wish, and something you wonder. I can start first just to give some think time. So we're going to start with the I like. So I like still being able to see and spend my days with my curious and fun group of 31st graders. Um, I was afraid that I would have felt disconnected from them and wouldn't be able to really get to know them. But I feel like our community has really grown in our classroom still, even though we're on the screen. I feel like they know each other. They know me really well. And they're just flourishing and growing and it's just so much fun to see them log on in the morning and just like, hi, Miss Arbuckle, hi, blah, 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 blah. And just like, it, it's just, it seems so normal now. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but that's one thing I've really liked is still having that classroom community and seeing their smiling faces every morning. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, in, in my role as a coach, I get to pop into lots of different classrooms. Um, and the sense of community that I've seen is, is very similar to what we actually have gotten to experience in the classroom or a little bit more. Because now one of the things I like is that if I pop into a room to do something and one of the students struggle, they'll say, no, Miss Wee, I think what he's trying to say is. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, OK, because you know better than I do. And so it's the sense of resiliency that the kids have showed this year. I think that they have come and they've shown us that they're willing and capable of adjusting rather quickly. Um, and the excitement that they've shown. Oh, my gosh. When Google meets rolled out backgrounds, those next three days, guys, every time I logged in, they were like, do you see my background this week? Do you like it? Do you like it? And I mean, it was just so much joy and excitement coming from them that that was like something that I really liked because even outside of the traditional learning experiences, the things that they've learned about tech this year, and we know that that's a big industry, right? We talk about um, STEM, right? That's big. And so I think that for our kids who've possibly had disadvantages or not really experienced it, now they're like, oh, look at what I can do. And so it's open doors for things and possibilities that weren't considered before. I'd love to piggyback off of what you liked. For me, I really liked how comfortable my staff got with technology because I think that there are moments where you're like, oh, no, this sounds real complicated. I'm not going to try that. Um, There's definitely been some inside jokes of like, I'd rather get my overhead projector. And I'm like, no, I promise this is really good. So to go from that kind of sense making to look at this cool Pear Deck that I just had and I'm getting this instant feedback and look at these Google extensions has been something that I'm so proud of the staff and also the students just really like plugging along. Um, 
I also really liked how many TikToks got shared during this time of quarantine. That's been a big hit in the high schools. And it's been something that I think staff and students have been able to kind of connect with in this funny way. Yeah, that's definitely the things that I've liked so far. Well, I'll echo off what everyone pretty much said. I was going to give like a huge kudos to my staff to just see how far they've come. I am, I'm wild. Like I'm amazed daily because you had it in you, of course, like we didn't want a pandemic to pull it out of you, but you know, just to see them, you know, mimic what exactly was taking place inside of the classroom has been enlightening for me. And then also, um, even with the students, Ms. Wheat said, just looking at how resilient they've been, just adjusting and doing things, you know, that we assume or often say like, no, they can't do that. I feel like they proved us completely wrong this year. <laughs> so I've been really excited to see what my staff and my students have been doing um, during this remote time. Could I just ask, do you guys also really like that you could be instantly in a meeting within seconds? I know I need to get back my exercise, but there's something really nice about just clicking and you see yeah. everyone on the screen. And also just even for our parents, like our report card pickup show up was at an all time high. So we've learned so much on how we could utilize technology to be an even better bridge for communication, especially with families and, and like students who just have such busy schedules. Yeah, I agree with that. And also like the Google stream page, one kid was like, when do I log back on? Another girl was just replied, check your schedule. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like they are really awesome now with this executive functioning skills. It's really great. And when I go into thinking about what I wish about the past uh, semester, I wish I was as resilient as my students because I really want to take to heart what everyone has been telling me this whole time is that you can't make everybody happy. And being an educator, you want to make everyone happy. You want to make your kids happy. You want to make your parents happy. You want to make your admin happy. And always wanting to rise to the occasion, but giving yourself grace and having the ability to be resilient and change and be flexible is something that is, you know, a continuing journey to be had. And I hope that's something that I can keep thinking about. Uh, yeah. Now, what I really like about what you said is the grace. I think that's something that I wish I had been able to do more so for my team. There were so many moments where they were frustrated with themselves because they felt like they had not done enough. You know, um, what we can say is in a lot of situations, it was we had to perform like it was business as usual. And it, it wasn't business as usual. You know, we were doing things in a very different way. And when it came down to sometimes looking at some of those assessment scores or really going over things, they were really, really hard on themselves because, you know, we want to do well. Like no teacher goes into this profession without wanting to do well. And when you look up and you feel like you're you've not done all that you could, even though they had, I wish that it was something more I could have done to say, you know, I could say you've done great, but just something more I could have really did to really bring it home for them that I've watched you. I've popped into your rooms. I've seen what you've done. Right. And I remember, especially towards December, thinking like, man, I remember popping into rooms in September and what it looked like and what it was like popping in in December. And it was like only if I could help you see from my lens I wish that that was a gift that I could give each one of my teachers, that gift of seeing the transition that they made and how much progress was really made during this time. 
I really like that point, um, Keisha, that you brought up in reference to extending grace. I try my best, right? Like what you said, you try really, really hard to make sure that you do that. But we also know that there are just some things that are like non-negotiables, right? I sympathize with you in feeling that same pressure, like how do I make this work for myself? I would say one of the things that I wish, I wish we were just as a, and I'm not going to say as a district, I believe as an educational, um, I don't even know what to call us. I just wish we had already been prepared for this pre-pandemic, right? Like it had to take a pandemic for us to all be abreast to Google Meets, Google Classrooms. So, and it was almost like, you know, teachers were forced to sit and change an entire curriculum and put it all online. And that was hard, like, and still is hard. Like I acknowledge that. So I just wish that we were better prepared, I'll say, um, and that maybe technology was integrated to a higher extent before the pandemic started. I totally echo everything that's being said. For me, I tend to be very big picture, so I try my best to ground myself in what's within my locus of control. But ultimately, I wish it didn't. I know that there are systemic inequities and racism in our society, and it saddens me, and I wish it didn't have to take a pandemic to help us realize that even more and then start to work towards those changes. So I think like to Dr. Hampton's point, ultimately the richest country in the world, and I'm seeing big picture, not district, just huge. The richest country in the world, kids should have a computer, right? Internet needs to be a right. So the fact that it had to take a pandemic for us to realize like these things are essential to the 21st century saddens me. It also gives me hope because, you know, you see the problem ahead of you and we've been able to solve it. And I'm proud of the work of the district and the teachers who just really stepped up to the plate and did what was needed for kids. But ultimately, I also wish that we were all so much more better prepared to step up to the plate for the kids. Yeah, I think being prepared is a huge piece, right? And sometimes it's like, how do you prepare for what you don't expect? There was no part of us that was like, there will be a school year where we will spend, you know, almost 10 months remote teaching in the elementary school, especially, right? It was very difficult for us to properly even think to prepare for that because sometimes we just think about what's right in front of us. But I do think like when you mentioned the, the fact of like the inequities and things like that, one of the things I wonder is post pandemic, what are some of the lessons learned that we will continue to carry on with us, right? So when we talk about the usage of maybe some programming or the, the free internet that kids have or kids having access to computers. When this is done, how will we be able to look back and be like, that was an awful time, but some really good things came out of that. You know, out of, as a result of this, kids now have this, they have access to internet. We now can engage with parents more because maybe report card pickup, there will be a remote option for parents who can't make it, right? So like, I just wonder, what does that look like when we are having the conversation later about the things that we brought with us from those lessons learned. And I'm wondering, I mean, this is coming from a definitely primary viewpoint. I'm just wondering what any long-term impact uh, effects on like social relationships, the time spent in isolation, how that's going to play out. And I know our kids are so resilient, but I, you're always wondering, you know, this is totally different than what it is. And even when we go back to school, you know, they won't be necessarily playing in the kitchen together and sharing manipulatives and doing stations the way that they used to, which is so important to their development. So I'm just wondering 
what that's going to be like once we're able to return to some sense of normalcy? Um, I think for me, um, the, the biggest thing, and I'll say the thing that keeps me up at night, um, is just looking at my own individual school, um, data, we are relatively behind. So for me, I'm just wondering, um, pretty similar to you, Katie, like what are the academic impacts that this is going to have on students? And then when September comes around, what does that look like for us? And basically catching everybody, you know, catching students up. Um, if they've experienced a lot of learning loss. So I, I think that is the biggest piece for me. And also as an administrator, I'm wondering what supports do I provide teachers so that they feel like when they come in, they don't feel defeated and say, hey, this kid is a whole half a year behind based off of what NWEA is saying. What do I do? Or two years or three years, right? Like, so where we don't feel like we're always playing catch up. That is one of my biggest wonderings. And um, I'm confident that we'll figure that out. And I'm just confident in the teachers now. This is such a loaded question because I feel like all I do is wonder. So currently right now in my context, I am really feeling for the staff, of course, and really the students. We have a lot of mental health struggles that is happening. The teenage years are really tough. And the fact that we have kids that have spent this in isolation it really scares me for what's going to come our way when it comes to supporting students socially, emotionally. Academics, 100%. I totally agree with that. Well, I look at this and I'm like, how am I making sure that when students leave this building, they have the academic skills needed to also face a really racist world that we're in? And one of the tools that you need is a strong educational background. And as a district and as, as teachers, I know we're providing that, but this pandemic is the beast. So I wonder about all of those things, but I think the thing that's most pressing to me right now that I'm thinking about is really looking at some like policies around grading practices. We've done a lot of reading on grading for equity. And I half jokingly say, I'm like, man, I wish I read this when I was teaching. We dabbled into standard-based grading you know, when I taught, but again, it was a dabble. But after reading that and like understanding the grading policies and the procedures, you know, you start to see like how these biases come into play, even in a school as progressive as Lakeview. Really just trying to navigate those really difficult conversations on not only what is the impact of COVID, but like, what are we going to do better for our kids when it comes to setting a better educational standard that really isn't embedded in weeding out students. And I think COVID has just taught us all that schools are really the community hub. When a kid isn't turning on their camera and isn't showing up, it's not because they don't want to do it. It's proving to us that schools are so essential. I hope this is going back into this protocol. I hope our society realizes this even more, that teachers and educators and administrators are essential to this community and this this world that we're in. And sometimes it saddens me that we tend to forget how crucial a school is. I wonder if finally educators all across the board are going to get the respect that any other profession, lawyers, doctors, nurses, firefighters, everyone across the board and our essential workers, those that have been there every single day are truly going to get. And I, I hope that that will be the case. But those are my wonderings. 
I really appreciate, um, Daniel, you really talking about the equity and access piece. It really hit home for me. Um, one, and also like the school community being all some students have, that has been my motto. Um, one of my students was killed in May. The family was just devastated. Like it was a sixth grade student. He was 12. It was all over the news. It was crazy. It was a, a very freak accident and how it happened. And nobody could plan anything. So I took on all of the funeral planning. I took on all of the repast planning. And for me, I think it really changed my perspective and what my role is, but then also our role as educators, right? Like, so no, that's not in, it's not in my job description or any educators as well. But at that time, the school was all that family had. So mm-hmm. that just opened my eyes into how needed we are. But then even going back to that equity and that access piece, I had a student who had to go to the car last week because the house was so loud. It just created more urgency for me as a leader. Students are, are hungry. They want to learn. They want to be present. But how, like you said, the, the richest country in the nation and we have students who are, are struggling to just have a learning space that's quiet. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that, Daniel. That hits home for me. And then I also just think it hits home for our society seeing how necessary we are. We are essential workers. We create every other career. I've heard people say things like, you know, I'll just go and I'll, I'll go and teach. And for me, I take that personal because we have a charge to move kids to make sure they're prepared when they leave school and who they become as citizens in our communities. So that, that really hit home for me, Daniel. Thank you. I appreciate that truly. Yeah, I think the teachers take we take a lot of backlash, right? People are like, they're just babysitters and and they don't teach. And, you know, it's hard sometimes. I mean, especially even in the times we're in right now, everybody has an opinion uh, about what we should do. And it is oftentimes not one of appreciation. And even for me, sometimes when I read articles about teachers and I'm like, I don't understand how on one hand we are being down. And on the other hand, it's like, but we need teachers for this. And it's like, you know, appreciate what happens in a school because on so many days as a classroom teacher, you are not, I don't, I don't know many teachers that's just a teacher, right? I mean, I was in a classroom for um, 16 years before coming out as a coach, right? And so there were times when I felt like I was somebody's mother. There were times when I've bought coats, I've bought book bags, you know, when my kids didn't have summer clothes, like I, I'm, I'm gonna buy your clothes, right? You're, you're having a bad day. I'm going to be your counselor at that moment. We're more than just teachers. And I do hope if anything kind of comes out of that, the people realize that schools are, they're more than just places of academic learning, but we truly do shape the lives of the future generation in so many ways. And that teachers deserve that level of respect. You know, we just want to be respected and not hear people say, oh, you're just a teacher. Like you have no clue what that just means. Whenever I tell anyone I'm a first grade teacher. Their first reaction is, oh, it's so cute. I'm like, mm, mm. do you know what I do on a daily basis? But I do think one thing that has helped a lot, parents, I think they have a better perspective of the amount of work and time and effort and everything that goes on in in a day of with students. And hopefully that will help those wheels turn as well for parents to start to see like, oh, they put a lot in. Like I've had parents saying like, I'm going to have that weather song that you sing in my head for the rest of my life. I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome that you're going to know how to spell cloudy and sunny now.
but thank you for engaging in our favorite P-Wear protocols. It's just really nice to talk to other colleagues throughout the district in different teaching contexts because I feel like so often, especially within COVID, we feel so isolated and we feel you know, just kind of stuck in your computer screens. And it's really nice to hear these shared experiences and feelings. It makes me feel better and more at ease about any of my anxieties around things that are happening. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting us. This episode is brought to you by Miss King. I'm very thankful for Miss King because in second grade she was the best teacher and I was so appreciative for her because she was so helpful. This episode is brought to you by Mr. Bubakar at George Westinghouse College Prep. I appreciate Mr. A because although he may give us a lot of work, he knows we're capable of completing the task. And he's always making sure our mental health is stable and cares about us as people. Ms. Lage is such a great teacher because to me, a great teacher is someone who's understanding and really helpful. She's always on us about graduation, about colleges, you know, and everything that's needed, even during this e-learning, because there's some emails, you know, you can't get to. And she's always honest about that. This episode is brought to you by Miss Simon. She not only helped me with my math skills, but also helped me get through a tough time. Miss Simon helped me get out of my shell and be more open and less shy. This episode is brought to you by Ms. Walker at De Diego Elementary School. She is always willing to help us and take our time with our work and will always help us get our grades better if we deserve it. Welcome back. You're listening to the CPST Chicago podcast, and we're going to end the show a little different this time and make space to hear from some other CPS teachers who sent us their thoughts on semester one. But before that happens, we just want to say thank you again to our guests, Dr. Camila Hampton of Daly Elementary School and AP Dania Sala of Lakeview High School. Also, thanks to all of our wonderful students for shouting out their teachers. And this episode's bell ringer was brought to us by Maria Salcedo Scholastic Academy. Go Suns! As always, if you're interested in teaching for Chicago Public Schools, just head over to teach.cps.edu and fill out an interest form. And speaking of interest forms, hit up our listener survey at cps.edu backslash tcpodsurvey. That's it for us for now. Let's roll our teacher dispatches. My name is Miss Shigag, and I am a multi-classroom teacher leader at Avalon Park Elementary School. One lesson from semester one that I will take forward with me is the importance of teacher collaboration during times of change and adversity. Teacher collaboration has had a great impact on planning for student achievement, growth in teacher practice, as well as the social and emotional support it provided for teachers at this time. What I am reminded of is that when there is teamwork and collaboration, great things can be achieved. My name is Ms. David at Stagg School of Excellence. 
And one lesson from semester one that I will take forward with me is remaining flexible. I found that flexibility has been one of my greatest tools during this time. My name is Nikki Turley at Bret Hart Elementary, the heart of Hyde Park. And one lesson from semester one that I would like to take forward with me is motivating and celebrating our scholars virtually. Due to the pandemic, we had to get creative and find ways to continue to uplift, motivate, and celebrate our scholars. We created virtual awards assembly, classroom leaders of the month using Google Slides. We also found a way to conduct birthday shout outs, which were normally done using our PA system at school. But now we have created celebration slides that we post in our Remind School communication app. Our goal is to continue finding ways to make sure our scholars know we believe in them and celebrate them every day. My name is Mr. Kamisikevich at Kelly College Prep, and one lesson from semester one that I will take forward with me is that I have a Kelly community to bank on for support and help. We have some really talented kids who have overcome a lot and who have redefined the word resilience for me. My name is Ms. Jones, and I am a teacher at Cook Elementary. One lesson I have learned from semester one that I'm going to take forward with me is the art of being flexible being flexible with technology, my learning schedule, and families, knowing that I am here to serve my students and that whatever their needs are, I must keep that at the forefront of my flexibility. Hello, my name is Mr. Rodan. I teach AP Computer Science Principles at Curie Metropolitan High School. And one lesson from semester one that I will take with me is my resilience and patience and willingness to really reach out to troubled kids virtually where I thought it was an impossibility. I realized that it's not because I can see it with the improvement of my students and that makes me very encouraged and looking forward to second semester.